Hello. Thank you all for being here. Um, just a few words about what we're doing. First off, if it, if it feels like it might be smoky in here, you sense you smell some smoke, that's because there's smoke. Um, so do not be alarmed. Um, everyone who's here is very, very welcome here. So thanks for, for being here. Um, kind of give you the layout of what we're doing today. We'll open with a prayer in a second. I'll talk for a while. Uh, at the end of that, we'll have a chance just for questions, comments. And then, um, so that'll take about 50 minutes. And then at that time, we're going to just have 10 minutes to just be together and pray in silence. There's something, just entering into prayer, it's just nice to know you're not alone. Um, so just being together, just sitting together in silence, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's helpful, it's good for us. Um, during that, though, we're going to do something very catholic -y. So if you're not Catholic, you're super welcome to stay, but you don't have to. Uh, we're going to do something called exposition. So we've got our little golden silo in the back called the tabernacle. So when we're done with our service, done with Mass, we take the Blessed Sacrament or the Eucharist or the hosts and we put them in there. We believe that, you know, Jesus, uh, yeah, transforms bread and wine into his body and blood. And so we reserve some of these hosts in that tabernacle. And so sometimes we bring them out and hang out with him. And uh, so we call that adoration, but very simply, it's hanging out uh, with the body of Christ. So again, if you're comfortable staying, please stay. If you're not, totally get it, no worries. Uh, but about 3.50, we'll do that for about 10 minutes. Now, at 4, we'll go ahead and say a prayer, and then all of you who need to or desire to leave at that time can leave. And then there will be another hour of just continued adoration and silence, and then I'll be in confessional if anybody wants to go to confession. So again, starting now, go to um, about 3.50, where we'll have 10 minutes just to pray together. We'll say kind of a closing prayer to sum that up. Those of you who need to or want to leave um, can leave, and then the rest of you are invited to stick around uh, just for quiet prayer, uh, and that'll continue till 5. And even during that time, no pressure to stay any certain amount of time. If, if, if it's great, stay, and if it's not, you can leave, and just to feel super free about that. One thing that we'll get into a lot is, is prayer has to be free. I mean, it's got to be genuine. It's coming from our hearts. It's coming from the truth of, of who we are. Um, so that's kind of the layout. Let's go ahead and uh, start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as, Don, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. We ourselves forgive anyone, everyone in debt to us. And do not subject us to the final test. Father, we ask that you would look with great kindness upon uh, your sons and daughters gathered here and out of the abundance of the love of your heart for us, we ask that you would pour out your Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, teach us how to pray. As you enliven our hearts, turn our hearts to the Father. Show us who we are. Draw us deeper and deeper into communion with the one who loves us so much. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So if you grab one of the handouts, uh, we're going to look at a couple things here at the beginning. 
Uh, there's also pencils, I don't know if you grabbed one. One thing, just as we go through, it's not so much a sense like you need to take notes on everything, but um, please pay attention, and we'll come to this a number of times, please pay attention to what's going on in here, in your own hearts. Because uh, our hearts are, have this capacity to notice God, uh, and we'll get into that a lot more. But it's helpful just if a word or phrase, something we read, kind of touches your heart or stirs your heart, if you feel kind of a welling up of your heart, or even maybe just a little bit of like the beginning of a tear coming to your eye, um, just to, to jot that down. Even if you just need one word to kind of remind you of that. Because that's something that's helpful to come back to in that kind of time of, of quiet prayer. So again, you don't really need to take tons of notes. If you want to, go ahead. Um, but to just jot down anything that you sense is going on in here uh, would, be, would, be, would be helpful. So we have a couple quotes from a couple of Teresas, a couple of St. Teresas. Um, that first quote there says, There is but one road which reaches God, and that is prayer. If anyone shows you another, you're being deceived. There's but one road that which leads to God, and that is prayer. So you just get the sense, like, this is very important. So another Teresa, St. Therese, or sometimes called St. Teresa, so like up in Erickson, St. Teresa, this is her. It says, For me, prayer is a surge of a heart. It is a simple look turned toward heaven. It is a cry of recognition and of love, embracing both trial and joy. Okay, so what is prayer? Just one disclaimer, there's a lot of different types of prayer. Um, When we come to Mass and and pray as a community, that's a type of prayer. Some of you pray the rosary or you say prayers, you've been taught prayers. All of that is prayer. But what we're talking about is what you might call relational prayer. Kind of the, the fullest or maybe broadest understanding of what prayer is. And if we're really going to understand what prayer is, we have to know just who we're talking to. And of course, that is God, right? So, you've heard me say this before. Uh, we're going to say it again. It's just so important that we remember who God is and what God is. So, we know that uh, our simplest definition of God is that God is what? He's love. Yeah. God is love itself. We know, too, that love exists in relationships. So somehow, in God, are relationships. That's why we begin things in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, because somehow God is a family. So we talk about this all the time. God is love, and what does love do? It gives itself, it pours itself out. That's the sort of love we're talking about when we say that God is love. So God the Father, because he is 100% God, he is 100% love. And because he is 100% love, He gives himself 100%. He pours himself out in a gift of love that's so powerful, real, infinite, complete. He holds nothing back. And again, his gift is so complete that the gift that he gives is another person who we call the Son. So we say the Son is begotten of the Father's love. So God the Son receives everything he is and everything he has from his dad. He's begotten of his Father's love out of the generosity of this gift. And because he too is 100% God, he is therefore 100% love, and because he's 100% love, what does he do? He gives himself back to his dad. In a gift of gratitude and love, he pours himself out back to the Father. And again, he holds nothing back, so he gives himself so completely that the love between the Father and the Son is so real, so powerful, that it is itself another person who we call the Holy Spirit. So God is this infinite, eternal outpouring of love, and God is relational. God is a family of relationships. So when we pray, that's the God we're praying to. 
is a God who is love and a God who is relationships. And because he's relationships, he can live in relationship with us. Say that one more time. Because God is relationship, like relationships in the purest, most profound form, that's why we can be in a relationship with God. So, if we're going to pray, we just have to remember that. God is, is infinite love, and God is relational. He's personal. Okay. If we're going to pray, we also have to know something about ourselves. Who are we? Who are you? The weird thing about humans is it's really easy to forget who we are. Amen? Because we're getting lied to all the time and confused all the time. Getting tempted all the time. And we talk about this. A lot of temptation is not so much trying to get you to do stuff. It's getting you to think stuff. It's primarily getting you to think stuff about God. He's bad. You can't trust him. He wants to take things from you. He doesn't want you to flourish. doesn't want you to be happy. And to think things about yourself. You're bad. You're a waste of time. Right? You're too much. What's wrong with you? Those are the sorts of temptations that attack our identity. But who are you? First and foremost, first and foremost, you're good. Right? You're just good. Because why? Because God created you. And when God creates, he only creates good stuff. Remember, each day of creation, God beholds what he has made and says, and it was good. He saw that it was good, except for the day that he made you, right? That he made humans when he finished the work. Then he said it was, meh, right? No, what did he say? He says, very good. Yeah, so you're not just good, you're very good. So in, in the core of who you are, you're very good. Are you wounded? Sure. Hurt? Sure. Flawed, yeah. Sinner, of course. You and me both. But you're good. So you are created by God, which also means you're chosen, you're willed by God. He wants you here. He didn't make any mistakes when he made you. He made you as you. And he said, it's very good. Okay, so you are created good. You're also created in his image and after his likeness, which means you have imprinted on you something of what God is like. Something very real and profound about what God is like is in you. And that's unique to each of us in some way. But something that we all share is our capacity to love and be loved. But that's how you and I most deeply share in God's identity. We can be in relationships, we can love, and we can be loved. So you share in God's identity in that way. You are made for relationships. We talk about sin destroys relationship. It destroys our relationship with God, destroys our relationship with others, it destroys our relationship within ourselves, and it destroys our relationship with creation. So God wants to restore that. So prayer is about relationship. In fact, if you want to, you could scratch out the word prayer and just say relationship. So prayer is a word that we just use when it, when it refers to God. But prayer is nothing more than being in a relationship with God. So it's really important that we see it that way. So it's not just saying prayers or saying things to God. It's being in a relationship with God everything that that entails. Because if you had a relationship where the only thing that ever happened was you checked in every so often and you just said some stuff and left, that's not a relationship, right? I don't know what that is. And so prayer is living in a relationship with God. That's what it is. So when we're talking about God teaches how to pray, what we're asking him to do is teach us how to live in a relationship with you. Teach us how to live like you're real, like you're actually in my life. Help me to live in communion with you, to notice you. Okay, so prayer is a relationship. It's your relationship with God. Even just stop for a moment and just notice how you feel. 
and there's no right answer to this, throughout everything we do, we're going to try to notice our hearts, notice what's going on there. So maybe you feel a little restless, that's okay. Maybe you feel a little confused, that's all right. Maybe there's just some hope, some peace, great. Just take a second to check in with our hearts. Okay. So you have a relationship with God already. Whether we're tapped into it or not, whether we're paying attention to it or not, you already have one. But what sort of a relationship is it? This is also very important. So in addition to God being God and us being us, there's been a fall, right? This destruction of our relationship with God. But God did not give up on us. He pursues us out of love, right? He cannot forget about you. He comes after you because he loves you. So God comes after us and he comes to save us. And remember, he doesn't just come to save us from our sins. He comes to bring us back home. So the thing he most wants to save us from is aloneness from him. It's the worst consequence of sin is being alone from God, away from God. And so when he saves us, he wants to bring us home. He wants to reconnect us to him. So prayer is part and parcel. It's central to your salvation. See that? That's why St. Teresa can say, there is but one road which reaches God, and that is prayer. Because God's salvation, his saving you, and his bringing you into his, in a relationship with him, that's the same thing. That's not two different things, that's just one thing. So, you are already saved. Amen? When did you get saved? Right up there, right? Right, he paid the price, he took the penalty, he took care of that, that's a done deal. Isn't that nice? It's already done. You're already saved. So just notice that prayer is not trying to get ourselves to God because he already came here. So you don't have to get anywhere. He's already here. Prayer is opening our minds and our hearts to the knowledge and the truth that he's right here and living in the truth of his presence with us. So you're already saved. Not only that, we've been adopted. Amen? So your deepest identity now, even deeper than the fact that you're good, Right, we talked about because you created your good, even deeper than that, somehow, is a new identity that you've been given. And that's as one of two things. A beloved son or a beloved daughter. I'll say that one more time. Who you are, the deepest, deepest core of your identity is now loved. A beloved son or a beloved daughter. That's who you are. So when we pray, we pray from that identity. We don't pray as employees. We don't pray as slaves. We don't pray as co-workers. There's ways in which, sure, elements of that might come into our prayer, but we pray as members of a family. So again, Jesus saved you. He died for you. He rose from the dead. When you got baptized, you and Jesus became one thing, and now you share an identity with him. We talk about this a lot. You and Jesus, you're one thing. That's why you can say the prayer, the Our Father. Because how many kids does God the Father have? Just one. But now you and I have been brought into his identity. And that's why God the Father is now your dad. Because you and Jesus are one thing. So Jesus has identified himself with you and you with him. And also wherever Jesus is, the Father is. And also where Jesus and the Father is, the Holy Spirit is there too. So this is really important. The Holy Spirit dwells in you but also he prays in you. We can stifle that, but the Holy Spirit prays in you. Right? So prayer is not just your job. You're going to find out more and more that prayer is way less your job than you thought it was because primarily it's God's job. 
So again, the Holy Spirit is inside of you. You are identified with Jesus Christ and God the Father is your dad. So if you had a map of the Trinity, if you got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you are here, right? You're already in. You are a member of the Trinity because you and Jesus have become one thing. St. Paul says, I live no longer myself, but Christ lives in me. Okay, let's grab um, your handouts again. If you want to drop about halfway down the page to paragraph 2564. So these paragraph numbers, it's not really labeled. These are catechism numbers. Uh, catechism is kind of a compilation of, of church teachings, right, if you don't have a catechism at home. So 2564 says, Christian prayer is a covenant relationship between God and man in Christ. It is the action of God and of man, springing forth from both the Holy Spirit and ourselves, wholly directed to the Father, in union with the human will of the Son of God made man. Okay, so just walk through that again. Christian prayer is what? It is a relationship between God and man in Christ. Who is it the action of? Notice, it says, is the action of, first, God. Prayer is the action of God and of man, of you and me. But notice, God comes first. That's important. As soon as we feel like prayer is all our job, we tend to get a little stressed out, things get a little crazy, okay? So just notice, prayer is first God's job. You get a help, but you don't get to run it. And that's good news, amen? No, we're not good at running things. I'm not good at running things. So it is the action of God and man springing forth, even just hear that, springing forth from both the Holy Spirit and ourselves. So prayer comes from who? It comes from you and the Holy Spirit. And it's directed to whom? It says it's directed to the Father in union with the human will of the Son of God made man. So Jesus is in you and he prays in you to the Father through the Holy Spirit. And we hear a couple times in the scriptures the Holy Spirit's favorite word when he prays on your behalf, and that word is Abba. Holy Spirit is crying out for a father. So the Holy Spirit is alive in you and alive in me, crying out for a father and everything we need from a father. And the father hears us and he hears the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit cries out inside of us. Sometimes it's described as a cry, sometimes it's described as a groaning Right, there's something in us and we want to let that loose that cries out for a father. It cries out for connection. It cries out for love. It cries out for protection. It cries out for a blessing. It cries out for a relationship. So, you're in. You're already in God. You are alive in him and he is alive in you. Let's drop down one paragraph to 2565. It says, in the new covenant. What's a covenant? A covenant is a family bond between two parties. You have been attached to God. The covenant was sealed on the cross, so that's a done deal. You didn't really have to do your part. He took care of it for you. And now you've entered into this bond with him. So in this new relationship or this new covenant, it says, prayer is the living relationship of the children of God with their father, who is good beyond measure, with his son, Jesus Christ, and with the Holy Spirit. The grace of the kingdom is union of the entire holy and royal trinity with the whole human spirit. Thus, the life of prayer is the habit of being in the presence of the thrice holy God and in communion with him. This communion of life is always possible because through baptism we have already been united with Christ. 
Okay, so a couple things to notice. Prayer is again what? It's a living relationship between us kids and our dad with Jesus and the Spirit. Those next bold words, prayer is the habit of being in the presence of the thrice holy God. So prayer is a habit. So just notice that and notice if we're going to live into prayer because it's a habit, it's going to take time. And if it takes time and if it feels like I don't know how to do this or I don't know if I'm doing it right, fine, that's okay. It's a habit. It's going to take time. It's something we live into, but it's a habit of doing what? Being in the presence of God. So please notice, God is here. Prayer is not about finding God, getting to God, making God come to us. No, it's being in his presence because he's already here. It's almost as if each of us has been given a sixth sense. We have more senses than we thought we had. But also because of sin, that sixth sense has been kind of dampened. And there's also an opponent that doesn't want you to use that sense. And that sixth sense is an awareness of God so that we can live in communion with him in the reality. Please notice, prayer is not an escape from reality. We have already escaped reality. Prayer is coming back to reality. Because what's real is, no matter where you are, no matter what's going on, God is with you, he sees you, and he loves you. So prayer is stepping into reality, that God is here. Where is he at? Right here. Even just take a second to let that sink in. As you, I mean, you're here, either you're just here because you really want to support me, and then, like, that's great, but I assume you're here because you want to pray, right? And you want to draw close to God. So just already notice, he's right here. He's in you and with you, right now. He's not going anywhere. He really likes being with you. But also, as you enter into prayer, he's here, so he wants to teach you. He wants to show you how to do this. And so you can say, God, show me how to do this, because I don't get it. Great. Anytime you ask him for something, his heart rejoices. I'll say that again. Anytime you ask for something from, from God, his heart rejoices. It's kind of an aside. One thing we're going to notice as we go through this is um, growing in prayer often uh, um, requires us to notice stuff about our lives and our relationship with our parents and in some ways, specifically, our relationship with our dad. That's not bad news, that's good news. Um, But the way that our parents relate to us uh, really influence the way we pray. And there's something unique about our relationship with our dads that tend to influence the way that we pray and the way that prayer works in us. So just to name a couple examples, right? If our dads are kind of distant, if they're kind of harsh, then the idea of just spending time with him because he loves us makes us feel a little anxious, right? If your dad ever made you feel like you were too much, you were too selfish, you were too demanding, you were too needy, then asking God for stuff makes our hearts kind of cringe up because we feel like I'm too selfish. So it's not bad news, it's good news because there's healing in store, but it's just helpful to know as we move into this and it'll come up today and and some other days again, um, we're going to notice probably stuff about our lives and especially our lives as kids and our relationship with our parents. So that's just going to come up because that influences the way we feel about prayer. And that can really, really help sometimes and it can really, really hurt sometimes and that's okay. We just want to notice that and invite God into that. Okay. So, again, 
Prayer is relationship. And it's a relationship with whom? With God. And not just with God, but in God. So, because it is a relationship, it's got to look like any relationship. Right? So prayer is a real thing. Sometimes we, we think like, oh, spiritual life stuff, that's kind of like, it's kind of out there somewhere. So it doesn't have to show up on my calendar or my schedule or in my day. It's just kind of like it's around. No, this is real. God's here and his love is incarnate. It's in flesh. It's close to us. So prayer has to look like something. You have to be able to point to it in your life. And so the first part of it and the most important part, like any relationship, is just being with him. You can't have a relationship with somebody you're never just with. So the first step, and this should be a relief to all of us, the first step is just to show up. And that doesn't necessarily mean going to a church, even though you're welcome to come here anytime. Um, But it means taking a time and just being like, God, I just want to spend some time with you. We joke that God's love language is quality time. So more than anything else, what he wants is just to be with you. So just sitting and being with him, going for a walk and inviting him to be with you, that's already prayer. That's already relationship. In fact, that's the most important part. So if you come to church and you sit down for 20 minutes and it feels like nothing happens, yeah, maybe not a lot did, but that's not the point. The point is just to be with somebody. If you want a relationship, you have to be with somebody. So again, the first step is just showing up. It's just being with him. And even if we don't sense stuff going on, that is fruitful. That will bear fruit in your lives. I can assure you of that. Prayer, a lot of times, I'll be honest, feels like nothing, right? Just feels like not much. Now we can notice fruit. We tend to notice how it feels. It gives us peace. Sometimes it gives kind of a rest to our hearts. But again, sometimes it feels like nothing. But that's okay. So it's about being with somebody. Um, And then like any form of relationship, it requires communication, right? Communication has primarily two parts. And what's that? We're going to put the first one first in prayer. Listening and speaking. Right? Listening and speaking. If you're going to have communication with somebody, you have to have both of those things. With God, listening is more important than speaking. So showing up. And we're going to get into some, some concrete things on how to notice God. So my expectation is not that when you're sitting down the prayer, you're hearing the voice of God. That's possible. It's not common. But we would argue, and I'll argue that there are ways in which, uh, yeah, we can listen and notice God very frequently. And we'll, we'll get into a bunch of, of how to do that. So first, listening is important, and then speaking is important. Talking to him. Now, that doesn't have to be out loud, even though maybe praying out loud is helpful for you. Great. Well, ask that you don't do it during our 10 minutes at the end. It'll be a little disruptive for everybody. You're just like, Dear God, <laughs> these people smell bad. And... Um, <laughs> So, we might just do it in our heads for the 10 minutes, but later on, just, yeah, you know. Sometimes speaking out loud to God is helpful because uh, some of us use kind of weird language when we talk to God. We talk to each other all normal, right? With normal voices. And then we turn to God and we're like, Thou who dost reigneth in the heavens, you know? And I'm sure God is like, What are you doing, right? Could you just talk to me, you weirdo? Um, that's how he, what he says to me. That's not for you. Um, so, again, A relationship requires just being with somebody. It requires listening to them. And it requires talking to them. Talking to them is is somehow, even when we're praying, that's something we can forget to do. So prayer is not thinking about God. Thinking about God is not prayer. Because it's not relational. I can think about people I don't have a relationship with. 
but I only talk to people when I have a relationship. So if you were to sit in a church for two hours every day for the next 10 years and read all the books on prayer um, and think a ton about God, it's possible that at the end of it, you never would have prayed because prayer requires talking to him and listening to him. So it's relational. If it's not relational, it's not prayer. Okay. Again, uh, prayer is more God's job than it is your job. It's more God's job than it is your job. It's a relationship, therefore it's a two-way street, and his job is more important than your job. And so that, again, should be a relief to us. Right? It's his job to make it happen. So if you show up, you're here for 10 minutes, you feel like nothing happens, whose problem is that? It's not your problem. That's God's problem. Right? If he doesn't want to do anything, he doesn't have to. It's not your job to accomplish things. It's not your job to make strides. No, our job is to show up. Like we'll get later to our job is also to be honest. That'll probably be another day of ways in which we need to be honest with him. But again, our job is to show up. So it's not your job to accomplish anything or make anything happen. So it's, again, it's his job. Please notice the scriptures are all about, they're not about us getting to God and finding God. They're about what? God coming to us. Right? Most of the time it's people minding their own business or even going about in opposition to God's business and then God shows up to them. So prayer is similar where it's more about him coming to you and being in your presence than it is about you trying to get to him. Okay, if you want to pull out your um, handout again, we're going to go drop way to the bottom, 2567. Just a note, anytime it says man here, it's speaking of man in the general sense of, of humans, of course. But it says God calls man first. Man may forget his creator or hide far from his face. He may run after idols or accuse the deity of having abandoned him. Yet the living and true God tirelessly calls each person to that mysterious encounter known as prayer. In prayer, the faithful God's initiative of love always comes first. Our own first step is always a response. So again, God moves first, God labors first, God seeks you, he draws you, he always goes first, and we respond to his love to us. You don't have to get him to do his job, he's already doing his job. Our job is to notice him and to respond. So again, whose job is prayer primarily? It's God's. It's not yours. So you're fired from that job. You're never going to work in this town again, right? You can have the assistant prayer position, but not the director of prayer position. That position's taken. And you're never going to work your way up to that position, right? Through good behavior and uh, great performance at your performance reviews. No, it's never going to happen. There's a ceiling. You get to be assistant. He gets to be the director. That's done forever. Amen? Great. Okay. So a couple things. Because it's a relationship, it's not about fixing stuff. God doesn't want primarily to fix you. He wants to love you. So prayer is about letting God love you. Letting God be with you. He doesn't want to fix you. You're not a problem. Right? You fix cars, you don't fix people. What do you do to people? You love them. So prayer is about letting God love you. So prayer is also not about accomplishing things. It's a real relationship. And like all real, 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 relationship, real relationships, especially loving relationships, it's not about accomplishing. Right? If I spend an afternoon with a friend, at the end I don't go, okay, well, what did we accomplish today? Right? That would be weird. I'm kind of weird. But that would be different weird than I normally am. That's it. I don't, yeah. So it's not about accomplishing things. It's not about getting things done. It's about being with somebody, loving them, and letting them love you. So it is just so relational. 
So too, prayer is not so much about trying to do it right, it's just about showing up. It's just about doing it. Okay. Um, so, prayer is a relationship. You already have this relationship. You don't have to go find it. It's about soaking into it and letting it be real. Uh, and it's about love. It's primarily God's job. And our job is to respond. St. Ignatius of Loyola says, at every moment, God is laboring to love you. At every moment, God is laboring to love you. So you don't have to worry about him. He's always there. Okay. Just going to take a second again. Check in with our hearts. Just notice anything that's going on there. Uh, kind of notice the state, even how you feel physically as you sit here. Okay. So we talked about this sixth sense. We have this sense, this capacity to notice God, to hear God. And there is an organ that we use for that sense, like any other sense, right? Sight, we use our eyes. Touch, we use our skin, ears for hearing. But with God, what is the sense, or excuse me, what is the organ? It's our heart. Right? Some of you read ahead. Yeah, so the organ that we notice God with is our heart. It's not our ears, not primarily. It's our heart. So the heart is the organ with which we notice God and we listen to God. So that can be new for us. That can be kind of a shift. So it's not our minds, notice, not primarily our minds, it's our heart, our core, our depths. So if you want to jump back to your handout, going up kind of towards the top again, to that top um, paragraph, numbered paragraph, to paragraph 2562. It says, where does prayer come from? According to scripture, it is the heart that prays. If our heart is far from God, the words of prayer are in vain. So again, it is our heart that prays. For some of us, that's good news. For some of us, that's tough news. Because for better or for worse, sometimes in life and because of the stuff that happens in life, we learn to really numb our hearts and to run away from our hearts. Amen? Like if you've been through tough stuff, if you grew up around people that were not capable of seeing your heart and noticing it and meeting you there, uh, then we learn to kind of try to run away and to numb and to stifle our hearts. When we talk about our hearts, we're not just talking about our emotions, even though that is involved. We're talking about what is most deep inside of us, what is most truly us, right? this, this core of us. We're going to read another paragraph, just jumping down one. It says, The heart is the dwelling place where I am where I live. According to the Semitic or biblical expression, the heart is the place to which I withdraw. This heart is our hidden center. Beyond the grasp of our reason and of others, only the Spirit of God can fathom the human heart and know it fully. It is the place of encounter because as image of God, we live in relation. It is the place of covenant. So again, our heart is the deepest, truest place of us. It's this place that we can go to, to be with God. It is the place of encounter. So if you want to meet him, where do we go? We've got to go here. Right? To what is most true, what is deep, what is in us. So again, sometimes as we grow in prayer, it also means we need healing just from the stuff of our lives. Right? Because there are things that have assaulted your heart in a lot of different ways throughout your life. That doesn't make you 
you know, that's not a problem. I mean, that's, that's not unique to you or to me. Everyone has experienced that. And so sometimes we need healing around our hearts to really enter into prayer with God. But again, it is our heart that notices God. So when Jesus says, uh, with great confidence, he says, my sheep hear my voice and they recognize me. Right? My sheep hear my voice and they recognize me. Your heart was made by God. Amen? And he imprinted something of, his self, of himself onto it. So your heart is capable of noticing him. Or your heart has that capacity. So when we talked at the beginning and I mentioned, if something kind of stirs in you, go ahead and write that down. Because if an idea stirs in you, something that we're talking about, a quote, something from scripture, if it stirs in you and if it's good and encouraging or it seems to bring you closer to God, then that movement, that stirring, is the work and the action of the Holy Spirit inside of you. So that's God. I'll say that again. If something stirs in you as we go through this, or I mean, really, anytime you're in church, you're praying, sometimes you hear a song and, and tears kind of well up at some words, that is the presence of God moving in you. So that's God. So that's why we want to pay attention to our hearts, because our hearts notice God. Again, Jesus says, my sheep, they hear my voice and they notice me, they recognize me. Your heart recognizes God. It's capable of doing that. There are ways in which we can grow into that more and more so that is even more, yeah, in ways our hearts are more attuned to his voice. But even already, no matter what, your heart can already do that. You already have that capacity. That's done. So we will get into um, a lot more in the, in the coming talks too about, about what that's like. So we really want to pay attention to the movement of our heart. We also want to pray for perhaps an attunement to our own hearts that we can pay attention, that we can notice our hearts. Because again, sometimes we spend a lot of our lives trying to get away from our hearts because they hurt and they cause us trouble. And so now we've got to make some of that journey back. And God's ready to help you there, so no worries. And he's there anyway. The truth is always God is with your heart. He's, that's where he lives. He stays there. You and I can be away from our hearts. So in returning to our hearts, we're also returning to the place of God where he works, where he dwells, where he speaks. So that's good news. There might be tough stuff there. That's okay. But that's where he's staying. That's where he's set up camp. That's where he's going to be and that's where we find him. So we want to even pray. Yeah, pray to be attentive to our own hearts. I really encourage you to pray for two specific things here. And that is for kindness and curiosity towards your heart. Kindness and curiosity. Sometimes we've learned to be unkind to our own hearts. Sometimes our hearts lead us down roads we don't want to go down. And our hearts are always looking for love. They're always looking for connection. They're always looking for God. But sometimes they don't know how to do that. So even if it feels like they're going just running amok, they're still looking for something good. So we want to be kind to them and we want to be curious about them. So to be kind and curious to our own hearts is a really, yeah, just a helpful thing because then our hearts really can speak. Sometimes we talk about our hearts almost as another person, but when we are kind and curious to our own hearts, then it's like our heart has the freedom to show itself because it doesn't have to be afraid. Because we're not going to be mad at it. We're not going to be harsh to it. So our hearts can open up again when we are kind and when we're curious. Okay. And again, sometimes in our hearts are just struggling. They want to tell us stuff about just our own lives and our childhood and stuff that's gone on. If stuff, as you kind of enter into prayer in, in, in a deeper way, if stuff from the past comes up, it's never bad. It might be scary. It might be hard. But that's always a sign that, that God is with you and he wants to bring good stuff there. Okay? 
So again, we'll talk about this more before, but yeah, just the way our hearts were formed in our families affects the way that we're able to pray or not able to pray. And the good news is God is, is powerful and able to bring tremendous healing there to really free that up so that we can be children before our Father. We can be little. We don't have to perform for him. We don't have to impress him. We don't have to use fancy language. No, he just loves you. And so we can have the freedom to just be ourselves, to be us, and to let him see us. Okay, so lastly, before um, we have a little time for um, yeah, questions or thoughts, um, even if you want to share anything that kind of stirred in you, um, I just want to issue a, a, yeah, a challenge. So the challenge is to pray, right? Now you've got to go pray. Because if we do these talks and you hear me, it's like, well, that's not, I mean, it's whatever, you know? And then at the end of it, it's like, oh, I've heard Father Scott talk a bunch of Lent. Well, that's not better, right? I mean, I feel awesome because I'm so smart and I love people hearing me being smart. That's a joke. Ha <laughs> ha. Okay, great. Um, no, the goal is to pray, right? Again, we can read all the books about prayer and we can think about prayer, but if we're not actually praying, this is all a total waste of time, right? So it has to look like something. So my challenge is between now and if you come back, maybe if like four of you come back, uh, but between now and next time, challenge is pray every day. And again, that could be four minutes. It doesn't have to be anything big. You know, each, everybody's at a different spot, but even it will be an immense success, even if you took one, if you don't pray at all, to take one intentional minute in your day and just say, God, I'm going to spend the next 60 seconds with you and just to be there. Notice your heart. Just be there with him. If you want to say something to him, you can. You don't have to. Just to hang out for one minute, that's success. So wherever you're at, take a step in that direction. But every day, and when I say every day, it means it's got to be a real time of your actual day, right? So even now, be thinking, like, where's an actual time in my actual day when I can actually sit down or stand or even walk, whatever's helpful, and just be with God? Right? So that's the challenge. Every day. Which day? Every day. Because again, prayer is our relationship with God. So we want to be checking in all the time, but at least every day. Okay, a little time, questions, comments, anything you want to share? Beautiful. Yes, if anybody didn't hear, just the reminder that God's just here. He's with you. So when you pray, you can ask the question, where am I going? And the, the answer is, I'm going to my heart to be with the Lord. Because he's there. It's not somewhere else. Some, it doesn't always feel like it. Yeah? I mean, sometimes it feels like we're alone. Or you're never alone. He's right there. Any other thoughts? or Thank you for sharing that. Thoughts or questions? Um, yeah, but
but primarily it's going to be a whole, an entire talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the question is like, can we expand on kind of hearts, broken hearts, what, what that looks like, how to attend to it? I mean, the first step is just always, what we just don't ever want to do is be alone, right? So when you notice something, uh, it's just really important to show it to him or tell him about it. So that's always the first step. So even when it's kind of scary or something comes up or you just notice this dynamic about your heart, the last thing we want to do is be, okay, uh, be by ourselves trying to fix it by ourselves. One Christmas, I got a Swiss Army knife. Uh, I was 12. And uh, it was the, like the legit, all the things, like I got a corkscrew, like I need a corkscrew as a 12-year-old Swiss Army knife. And Christmas morning, I was like, you know what I should do? Open up all the parts of the Swiss Army knife, every one of them, right? Why not? It'd be cool. What I didn't know is like there's a spring, there's some springs in a Swiss Army knife. And the more things you open up, the more springs come under tension. So I'm doing it Christmas morning, happy Christmas to me. And uh, I got up early, so I, we opened our presents the night before. So it's just me down in the living room, Swiss Army knife in it. And eventually, springs get whatever overloaded, and one of the, knife, the blades snaps down on my finger. <laughs> and it wasn't like terrible, but it did uh, uh, cut my knuckle open fairly, fairly well. And I remember just even being a 12-year-old, I grabbed a towel and I'm putting it on it. And I keep looking at it because you know, that's like the worst thing to do, you know. And I just remember being like, this is how it ends. Like, Christmas morning, I'm going to bleed to death. And I'm just sitting there like, <laughs> like waiting for my life, my short little 12-year-old life to flash before my eyes. I remember my mom comes out and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I cut myself. And she's like, why didn't you tell us? good question. Why didn't I tell him? So when we notice hurt, woundedness, injury in us, what's our job? It's to tell him, right? First step is tell him about it. He's going to work that out with you. He is attentive to you. And again, we'll give, we'll talk, we'll talk a lot more about that. So I'm sorry to do a cliffhanger on that. Any other thoughts, questions? Yeah. question yeah so he's saying this type of prayer seems like a very much a dedicated time where you're just praying and not doing other stuff you know because some people pray when they're driving doing other things so i'd say both saint paul asks us to pray without ceasing but you can't be sitting praying all, all day long that's not going to work but if we are going to pray while we're doing other stuff then it tends to be that we need designated time just to pray and the more we take some time to just pray the more prayer kind of starts to grow into these other parts of our life. So the goal is, yeah, in some sense, to live always with an awareness of God. But I think to really grow in that, it requires sometimes that it's just like, I'm just doing nothing. So it's just apparent to me, like, the only thing I'm doing here is just being with God and growing in awareness of his presence. So, yeah, if you can pray all the time, great. I mean, that's, that's really, really good. Um, but I think, too, taking intentional, um, designated moments to just pray tends to flow over into the rest of, rest of things, is, is what I would say. I mean, we have a, our God is a God of starting over. So, 
doesn't matter. The question is, how do you make up for all the times you thought you were too busy to pray? doesn't matter. God's got a time for everybody. I mean, today is the day of salvation. So, uh, God's got good things in store, no matter where you're at, no matter where we're starting from. Remember the good thief next to Jesus on the cross? He got a pretty late start to things, you know, like shortly before he died. He said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your, to your kingdom. And Jesus said, all right. Yeah, today you will be with me in paradise. Great. So, don't worry about it. I mean, maybe there is a true, a, just a beautiful prayer of, of sorrow there. You know, a, just a really healthy contrition, a healthy sorrow of like, God, I just, I've been running around and I haven't taken time to be with you. That's, that's a beautiful prayer, but he's going to respond to that prayer with love. Right? I mean, if you want to grow close, he's not going to beat you up over it. No, he just loves you. And he loves you so much, he's the good father of the prodigal son. Like, it doesn't matter what happened before with his son. When his son finally comes back, he just rushes out to embrace him. Like, that's the way that God receives us whenever we go to pray. He just runs out with abandon and embraces us. So he doesn't, he's not like, where have you been? Right? Is it, is it Stan? Okay, I think I remember you, Stan, from earlier. Yeah, great. No, I've been just being God, but whatever, you know. So, uh, yeah, don't worry about that. We're going to transition. So again, we're going to do something called uh, adoration. If, you, if you're comfortable sticking around for the next 10 minutes, just going to be kind of a real Catholicly thing here with some incense. It's going to be great. Uh, if you're comfortable sticking around for 10 minutes, please do. Um, if it seems kind of weird to you and you're not sure about it, feel free to, to take off. Be very free. But we're going to just kind of, we'll do, um, let's kind of set this up and just have 10 minutes of silent prayer here as a group. And at the end of that 10 minutes, I'm going to say a prayer out loud just to kind of conclude us. And at that time, right about 4 o'clock, anybody that needs to leave can leave. And then if you want to just hang out, stick around, go to confession, um, we'll do that too. Okay, so again, just thank you for being here. Um, and just right now, kind of as we transition into that, just kind of ask the Holy Spirit to help you, to help you pray. Ask God to teach you how to pray even more. It's a good prayer no matter how long we've been doing this. God, teach me how to pray. Just settle more and more into the truth of his, his presence with us.